0: Baker Mayfield undraftable off my board.
1: The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield.
2: What a beautiful throw by the Baker.
0: Big job. baby. What's happening guys? Welcome in. We are uh, we're live here at 8:30. We have a great guest lined up for you which I'll talk to you about in just a minute. I want to get this typical stuff we do out of the way here. Reminders to if you have not clicked the subscribe button, you're on this channel right now, please do so you get pinged live every, uh, every time we do go live, you get notified instantaneously. And please check us out on Apple, Spotify, where the audio form of the podcast is. We appreciate that. If you could give us a like, uh there you know subscribe and then and then some sort of review always appreciated with all of that stuff you guys have been great we've been having record numbers of visitors record number of people watching the draft show was a wild success and the q a as well you know up over a thousand people each time and we we're really appreciative of that we're going to try to keep this channel growing and keep bringing you real uh content you know real live content all the time pre-game post-game shows we got some great stuff in the works especially like I said, those pre- and post-game shows, and then we'll bring you coverage uh, of the schedule too, which is coming before we know it, right around the corner. So uh, be prepared for that live show. Those of you who are trickling in, getting close to 100 folks, we have a great guest, like I said, lined up. We're going to talk about a bunch of different stuff, and we're going to bring him in. Jake Trotter from ESPN. How are you, man? Jake, what's going on? Not much. It's been a little bit since we talked. We talked ahead of the, uh, well, really, the whole off-season here, kind of right when it all let go. We talked about a, a bunch of different stuff, talked about Baker and Odell, talked about their plan to help their defense, and and uh, I, I, you know, hesitant to say that maybe they fix this defense. What do you think of the culmination of their their moves this offseason, which has been so heavily defensive focused?
2: Yeah, it's like last off season, except instead of offense, it, it's defense, and I think even more of a dramatic overhaul that was probably needed for this team to take the next step forward. I, I I'm going to be interested to see how many new starters are on the defense next season. I think it could be up to nine. I mean, really other than Miles and Denzel Ward, you know, I don't think there's a single returning player. That's a lock to start uh, with all the guys that they've signed and drafted and brought in. Uh, So there's going to be a lot of competition at multiple positions. Um, I was talking to uh, somebody the other day. It's going to be kind of tricky to to project the 53 or 55 man roster because, um, you know, there's going to be some guys that you might think would be locks for the roster that I don't know. They're going to have to really fight to make the team, uh, which speaks to, I think the moves and the depth that they have added. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I we will see if they fix the defense. You know, I, I don't think this is like uh, all of a sudden you're, you know, they're just going to show up and be a top five unit, but they have the potential, I think, to be one of the most improved units in the league and, and they could make the kind
0: of jump that the offense did this past
2: season, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it comes down to Joe Wood's ability to to now go from, from rags to riches, right? Like, I think that that's the big thing that we were all impressed about and why Kevin Stefanski was ultimately the coach of the year was he was able to take a bunch of guys who never knew what he was talking about at all in, ter- in terms of what he was, who he was, his structure offensively, and turn them into an elite offense. Now, there's no secret, like you said there, Jake, that you know they had a, a significant increase of talent on offense and there was a lot to work with. Now you get the flip side of it where you – know, and flux of talent defensively and if it goes as well as they're hoping it will go Joe woods would become kind of a sneaky head coach candidate and I think that they're interested in seeing as, as well as things can go for him uh they they want that outcome because that means the defense is being pretty good you know anytime a unit is a top five unit it probably takes a couple of years for Joe in this situation but if he can put together a couple of good seasons you never know what could happen for him and I'm sure he's excited about that I did see uh to build on your your answer there that that I think according to sports info solutions, uh, 12 of the 10 of the 12 uh, highest missed tackle percentage guys from last year's defense are gone. So they only bring back two. I think Mac Wilson's one of them. And, um, uh, I can't think of the other, one. maybe shelter, but they, they got, yeah, the big thing is they want people that can tackle, you know, play, play, play defense in terms of being able to get people to the ground, uh, influx of talent all over the field, and especially at line. I, I guess I would, ex- I'd ask you this question. Cause it builds into the draft stuff. I want to get your opinion on like, a little bit more emphasis on linebacker than we thought, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, there's no
2: question, and, and Andrew Berry made a joke about it because uh, I guess he's he's heard it, um, but but it is true. There's no doubt that they put more of a priority at pass rusher and corner because that's what sure. the smart teams do. I think you could throw safety into that equation as well. I mean, that's just, that's what the smart teams do. They, it's kind of like running back offensively. Uh, you know, the data shows that you can find pretty good running backs later on in the draft that Uh, particularly if you don't have a great offensive line. uh, You know, like look what the Steelers did. You know, we'll see what happens there. But if you don't have a great offensive line in front of a great running back, uh, it's not going to make a a big difference. Um, You know, I think one thing that really helps uh, this defense versus what happened with the offense last year is this is a lot of continuity in the coaching staff. You're talking about Joe Woods. I mean, last year on top of the virtual offseason, you know, they're putting in a new offense for Baker and company. And this year, you know, the defensive continuity – at least at the coaching staff level and with the stars like Denzel and Miles and uh, at least uh, a good chunk of the depth that's back. um, You know, they're going to, they're going to know what to expect. So I think that's going to help as well. Uh, I mean, to me, I'll get to linebacker in a second. To me, you know, you said tackling stands out. What stood out to me about the moves they made is a versatility, right? Like everybody they brought in can do multiple things. So, uh, you know, Clowney, edge rusher, but can play inside a little bit at times, you know, especially in pass rushing uh situations jok can do a lot of th- different things from the weak side linebacker i mean it kind of fits the, the 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 players they added last year uh you know grant delpit is a guy that can do a lot of different things at it's safety uh you know uh hill uh you know probably more slotted into the nickel uh position but i, I think you know has some speed and, and can do some different things so i just like a lot of the versatility that they've added to their defense which fits really what what woods wants to do and you know, back to the linebacker question. I mean, they liked J.O.K. at 26. Like, they yeah. would have taken him if Newsom and maybe a couple other guys were gone. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think going into the draft, you know, th- they publicly said otherwise. But I can tell you, they were sort of expecting Newsom to go 20, 21, 22, uh, as most mock drafts did as well, if not earlier. Um, and they kind of wondered if J.O.K. would be there for them also. So the fact that they got Newsom at 26 and and – and J O K, like whatever wherever they picked in the second round. I can't remember now. 52, I think his son's right. right. Yep. Um, I mean, just incredible value. And and guys that I think both have a chance, if they don't start right away, will definitely play impactful, you know, reserve roles.
0: I think I think you hit the nail on the head. It's it's versatility. They talked about I think I think it was um Greg Cook, right, the, the, the VP of player personnel talked about it, how they didn't maybe go into this thing looking at versatility as the biggest thing, but mm-hmm. they certainly came out of it looking back and saying, wow, I guess we did get a bunch of guys who could do a bunch of different things throughout the draft, whether it's Demetrik Felton, even the last pick has wide receiver running back flexibility, James Hudson, tackle guard versatility, they think, and ultimately he can do a little bit of both there, so... Yeah, I, 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 the defense thing will be interesting because you made a fantastic point, which I've tried to make over and over again, which is you don't have to go into the season learning a bunch of new stuff. There'll be some guys, at least a player in every position, whether it's Denzel, Miles, even the linebackers that return. And there's three of them that I think, maybe four that return, I think three off the top of my head, they can at least help everybody come along. You know, hey, we, we did this last year, here's what we call it. There's probably communication on that stuff going on right now and that helps i mean offensively they're going to hit the ground running things they want to put in new things no breakdowns in communication. The verbiage will all be the same, and you know you play football, Jake. I play football. It's just it's nice to be able to just arrive and know what your base stuff is, and know what everything's called, and not have to learn new sub packages and all of it. It's just really unique, and it's unique in the sense that we just don't see enough of it. We don't see enough of it in Cleveland, and this is going to be a first, and and it should it should ultimately help them to kind of close out the draft because I know you have talked about the draft nausea. Most of my stuff lately has been about the draft, and people heard a lot of it. Is there any other like? Uh, and maybe maybe my viewers here haven't heard of it, like your biggest surprise or a pick they made that stunned you. I mean, we know we were pretty picked. They got surprised they picked JOK at 52. They got him and moved up for him. But anyone else in that list that really kind of like, oh, didn't expect that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously the value they got was surprising, um, but that had less to do with them and, and more just the way the draft shook out. Um, you know, I knew they were going to take a receiver on day two. I didn't know yeah. who it was going to be. Um, you know, I was kind of looking at okay, Rondell Moore would be interesting. You know, guy that can do different things. Um, you know, you, you other you know some of the other slot guys that were uh, you know potentially there. You know, they weren't going to get Elijah Moore. You know, unless they traded up. Um, so I I wasn't thinking of Schwartz. You know, he wasn't like on my radar so much. Uh, and and that's probably my fault because I think when you really examine what he brings to the table, he's intriguing and kind of fits. Uh, I think what the Browns really needed, which was a guy that can go down the field and take the top off of off a defense. And, and and you know, we'll see how much of an impact he makes right away. You know, I don't know how much, you know, how much polish he's going to have right away. But, uh, you know, I think he has a chance to really fit into what they need, which is just another deep threat. Because once Odell got hurt, um, they just did. That was one element that was just missing from the offense.
0: Without a doubt, without a doubt, and I think you know what 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 trait could a guy have that gets him on the field this year at wide receiver? Like you said, that's the only elite trait that they needed to. We're take questions as we go through this thing, um, as much as we possibly can. Uh, we will talk. Uh, as I have to decline an incoming call from other. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about a question. Anybody who has questions, throw them in. Uh, talking about Marvin Wilson, which to me again they drafted Tommy Togi I know they let go Sheldon Richardson Jake and I I it was understandable the money I get it uh, but when they added Tommy Togi I'm like okay kind of four defensive tackles makes sense you can you can flex like you said clowny inside but then they go out and put Serious money into Marvin Wilson, you know, like you're going to make the roster unless you're absolutely terrible when you get here. Type of money, and then they go out and they they sign Malik McDowell, or I think I'm saying that right. I, it's it's and then they um, squared uh, Devion is it Devion Square? I think I think mm-hmm. I'm close. I'm not great. I'm not perfect. I got to study these guys a little bit more. Yeah, it, right? like like tackles, it feels like in the last 48 hours. <laughs> you, you, what does it tell you? Does it tell you that they maybe aren't as high on Jordan Elliott after his rookie season as we thought they would be, or is there like? We A, we haven't seen Andrew Billings in person. We never got to see him. We signed him, but we didn't get to see him. You don't know what a guy coming back from a year off of football is going to completely look like. Are they just trying to create as much competition there? Or do you think they're really like, we need to figure out if we have anybody? You know what yeah, I'm saying?
2: I, I think the signings uh, speak more to just the unpredictability of the position, You know, given mm-hmm. where everybody's coming from versus like they don't believe in, you know, Jordan Elliott. I mean, you know, Elliott's a second year guy. We'll see, you know, what he turns into. He had some nice moments last year, but uh you mentioned Andrew Billings coming off the uh the COVID opt-out. You know, Malik has, you know, had some injury concerns. So I, I just think they're throwing a lot of darts and seeing, you know, what what sticks, uh, which which makes sense, you know, just given the fact that they lost their two starters uh from last season at that um, you know, position. You know, Marvin is is a guy. that's interesting. Uh, I saw somebody compare him to, you know, Sean Wade from Ohio State. Um, you know, Sean would have been a first round pick, probably. He, he would have been like Grant Delpit, right? If he'd have come out sure the year before, had some injuries. You know, was playing a new position. Uh, you know, just wasn't in is consistent. Had kind of the dreadful performance in the national championship game, and then. Uh, where did he fall to? Like the fifth round? Was that right? Six yeah. round
0: five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right, right
2: and, before you know, yep. Marvin's a guy that maybe would have gone a lot higher had he come up, a, come out a year earlier. So you know the talent is there. Um, I, I have no idea what's going to happen at the defensive tackle position in terms of projecting a depth chart, and and I think maybe they are kind of you know unsure as well, which is why they're bringing in so many different uh, different guys. But uh, you know Marvin is very c- comparable in terms of the money to AJ Green. Uh, the corner, not the receiver, that they signed as an undrafted free agent last year out of Oklahoma State. I think they gave him one hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars in 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 uh to in signing bonus or to sign. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Marvin was what one hundred and sixty. So, uh, and a- AJ was, you know, he didn't make a big impact, but he was he was you know he's still on the team. So, um, you know, I I think that you know anytime you have a chance to sign a guy, you know, goes undrafted that like at one point was you know projected, you know. Day one, day two pick, um, you certainly get a lot of value there, and, you know, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, do you, I'll ask you this question, you know, I have a pretty lenient stance on trying to give guys a chance to turn things around. Andrew Barry has not really given anybody a second chance in terms of his football career. It's a big decision for a GM to make. I mean, he mm-hmm. inherited Kareem Hunt, and, and 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 that wasn't his choice, but he's obviously given him a clean slate with him, and it's gone relatively well for him you know for kareem turning some things around a little blip on the radar but for the most part fine McDowell's signing surprise you uh from from the perspective of keeping a locker room uh you know of guys who have done things the right way i get i don't know i was just a little bit surprised he took that leap of faith but maybe you know a little bit
1: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed more about that
2: well I think that when you are bringing in guys like that you know a little bit of a checkered past you want to make sure you have a locker room that is strong and you know has a lot of leaders in it and I can tell you like back in you know 2019 I mean they just not, they didn't have enough guys to deal with uh some of the people they had in that locker room I mean we all kind of know who they are you know most of yeah. them are not in the locker room anymore and I think just, you know, you look at like somebody like John Johnson, you bring in, you know, a, you know, a guy, uh, you know, everybody raved about. Uh, you bring in a guy like Anthony Walker, uh, you know, who Darius Leonard was saying, like, you guys don't understand, you know, what what kind of leader this is in the locker room. You get enough of those guys and you can you can maybe take some more chances. The problem you run into is if you don't have enough of those guys and, and then all of a sudden, you know, the the, the knuckleheads on your team sort of uh, feel like they 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 can do what they want to do, uh, so I I think that they feel like um, you know they've got enough strong leaders now uh, that that they maybe can shake a chance or two. You don't want to take too many of those because again, yeah. you know you start to tip tip the scales in the wrong direction. But um, you know I and and I think uh, you know they they did their their due diligence on on uh, McDowell, so we'll 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 see. I mean I don't know what kind of you know impact he's going to have. He hasn't basically played in the NFL since. He he hasn't basically played since he was at Michigan State, so kind of a, you know, sort of a, uh, you know, high uh, high risk, Not, I wouldn't say, I'm sorry, high reward, not too big
0: of a risk from that perspective, it's not like you're investing a lot into the guy at this point. And you're not counting on him. I think there was a level at which they thought Kareem Hunt was really going to be a contributor. You know, like they definitely thought there was a rule for him. McDowell. You, know, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, if he shows up and he's turned his life around and he's in great physical shape, maybe. You know, that's 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 the big thing. Is it's a like you said, it can be a high reward, and it would especially be rewarding if a guy gets his life back on track the right way. You know, that's the end goal. Is that he's healthy, mentally, physically, and can do you know whether it's the Browns or somewhere else? Ultimately, he can find a way to do what makes him happy. A couple quick user questions for EJ, keep you on your toes, okay? I yes. like when these come in. I try to throw a magic. Who are the Browns more likely to keep, DPJ or Hodge? I think that's uh, that's interesting. I'll let you answer it, and I'll chime in at the end. Are they are they not keeping both? I mean, do we. I, I mean, could get. Four, t- it I could get. You'd have to say OBJ Landry, um, Higgins. It's it's a matter if they're keeping six. In an offense that doesn't use a ton of receivers, do they want to keep six? I, I think, think they might flex on that. I think they, only they, might, kept have keep,
2: I think they might have to keep six just because of the talent there. I mean, I would agree. Uh, you know, at some agree. point, you just have to keep your best football players. And I mean, they're definitely keeping, obviously, you know, Beckham, Landry, and Higgins are locks. Okay, K. does so much on special teams. He does. Um, he's good, too.
0: I think he's good. Like he keeps You want to
2: continue to develop, right? Had some moments, uh, you know, at the end of the year. Uh, you know, especially after uh, Odell got hurt, um, and then yeah, you know, who am I who am I forgetting? I mean, uh, you know, you got JoJo Natsen, right? Uh, yeah, that, got, that's yeah.
0: probably it. It's like Schwartz or Jo. I mean, because your top five is your top five from last year, and then it's like, okay, guys, they've hung around, uh, are really probably JoJo Natsen saw the field, and then it's Schwartz you brought in. So it's like, okay, do you want to keep five probably or six? Think I those do.
2: last two, right? And
0: and yeah, well,
2: you don't draft Schwartz in the third round if you're you're not going to try to you know, give him a yeah. chance. So um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think Felton, you know, can play and, and hunt, you know, can do some things at receiver, even though they're running backs. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they've got, I mean, I kind of right now would think I and mean, without giving it much thought, um, before this question, I think that they'll probably have to keep six because just of the
0: talent there. Yeah. Then it comes to four tight. They'll probably keep three running backs. And to me, one of the more interesting offensive battles, and there's not many, is the third running back. Can Dearness Johnson hold off Demetrius Felton? That's like the, the thing, because they're not going to keep four backs if they keep six receivers. It just gets four tight ends and a fullback, it gets really congested. You're talking about, you know, we haven't even really entertained the 55 or 53 hmm. man roster, but it starts to get like number crunchy when you get a lot of those positions. And another one for you offensively here, size injuries and complacency, which are, you know, probably the only th- Those might be the only things that derail this offense. I mean, do you see any other way at which it falls off the rails?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that really, this is a Baker question, right? You know, is Baker going to be the guy we saw during the back half of last season? I mean, I have no reason to think we won't see that guy. Um, Mm -hmm. And kind of why I I sort of think that from the Browns perspective, it makes sense to get the extension done now because he's going to be a lot more expensive in 2022. If you kick this can down the road and take a, a wait and see approach. But I mean, like we, you know, we've seen Baker struggle in a Browns uniform, you know, during 2019 season and a little bit early on 2020. Um, I can tell you why he struggled. Um, There were reasons, Uh, you know, a lot of them had nothing to do with him, you know, just kind of the uh, environment he was in. Um, You know, again, he's one of what, three or four quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that had four different head coaches in three years. Um, You know, that's not conducive to quarterback development, but if you're, if you're looking for a reason to like short the Browns, I mean, offensively, I can't really think of another reason. Um, you know, like, you know, does Baker, you know, Odell comes back, does that get in Baker's head like we've kind of seen in the past? Um, but I, I think if Baker is the guy we saw last year, I don't, I don't really see what is going to happen to the Browns offensively that would cause them to take a step back.
0: I don't either. It, it's I guess there's people talking about well now they have a year of Stefanski's stuff. Well, Stefanski also knows that he has to adjust things and get away from tendencies and he's in the second year. That was the second year play calling, not his first. So, you know, there are elements to that whole thing where I think he can combat that stuff. So, if you're panicking about offense, it's just because you want to be nervous about it. I don't see any reason that it would go off the rails. I want to take another topic with you that I think is Probably one of the more interesting things here and Jake, a question you probably haven't gotten to ask maybe the, the leadership group in the in Cleveland, but maybe something that will come up, which was what Andrew or sorry, what um um you know Ian Rappaport and those those covering the the, the NFL's perspective talked about today with Juwan James injury, right? It cost him ten million dollars. It cost him ten million dollars because it wasn't at an OTA or team affiliated workout, even though he's working out doing his thing to get ready for the season. He tears his Achilles, and there's a non, uh, essentially a clause in there that says if it's not at, it's as injury sustained while a player is working out on his own in a location other than an NFL facilities, those are considered non-football injuries. So the big thing has been, you know, leaders of teams, J.C. Treader, one of them, saying we're not kind of opting out of doing those things on site. Do you think that that moves the needle a little bit more toward maybe some Browns players trickle in? for OTAs and do some things like that? Or do you think it'll still be a unified collective? We're not coming in for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it'll still be unified,
2: you know, particularly with Treder spearheading this. And again, this is not about 2021. This is, you know, JT's trying to change the way the off season is done in the NFL going forward, basically eliminating, you know, these in-person workouts, um, you know, especially OTAs. So, uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten any sense that, um, you know, of course, this is just like a recent development, but I haven't gotten any it sense is. that anything is, is going to change. I mean, it's, it's very clear that a lot of players didn't know that you don't get paid if you get hurt away from the facility. Um, it, it was interesting how, like, I guess, unaware uh, players in the NFL were about that uh, particular uh, fine print part of their contracts. But, uh, I mean, I, I think the NFLPA is pretty dug in. Um and I would be surprised if anything changed dramatically, including with Cleveland off that I will say it did give, you know, the NFL a little bit more leverage, um, because that, that that injury, you know, while unfortunate, I, I think was timely for the league in terms of trying
0: to, uh, you know, leverage the players back to the building. It isn't it was. It was jarring to see that he loses $10 million because of it. I understand that he's only played like 63 snaps for them and has been hurt a lot, but any player who loses that much money getting ready on their own to do something, I I guess ultimately Jake could have been playing basketball and maybe they just said he was working out. I don't know. I think that's probably why the clause is written the way it is because a guy could be doing something silly like, you know, McDowell's on an ATV and he could say, well, I I was actually training. I don't know. I I think there's probably some like – uh, honesty debates that can happen with that. And that's why they there's that clause written in there, but it, it is going to be one of the more interesting developments to follow. The last thing I want to chat about, and you know, people probably won't love the discussion, but it is an interesting discussion that has come up, which is like, you know, Aaron Rodgers. You know, if the, if this guy's really unhappy, right. If this guy's really, truly unhappy, once out, there has been no, I'm going to make sure I explain this. There has been no connection to Cleveland. There has been no interest in Cleveland. Cleveland is not interested in him. But in a hypothetical sense, the debate came up today because of your, you know, your colleague Bill Barnwell put out a post about well, the Browns should trade for him, and here's what they should give up. Is that is is Bill just you know sometimes you just make up hypotheticals? But do you ever see a sense in which Cleveland would do that? Like if there was a real, I mean, I equate it this way. And and please, guys, don't get mad at me in the comment. I'm just talking. We're just having a hypothetical discussion. Just friends chatting football. Like if that ever came up and the Packers said, what's hey, funny man, is, you're, you're, funny he,
2: you know, everybody's having the same conversation, you know, at the bar,
0: you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You
2: know we say, but, we,
0: everyone gets so mad at me, they, they, whatever. American, but
2: whatever. I bet they do get back. Go ahead.
0: They do. No. So I equated it saying this way. Like if, if, if you were to look at Baker in the scope of the NFL right now, he's like Clay Thompson, in my opinion, like a basketball player, like Clay Thompson. And if, if, if the Cavs had called or somebody called and said, Hey, we'll give you LeBron for Clay Thompson. Would you be interested? You probably would be interested, right? Like that's LeBron, Aaron Rodgers. I get it. He's thirty-seven, but in quarterback years, it's like he's got maybe five more years left in him, and he's an MVP. He's really great. One of the best, in my opinion, the most naturally talented quarterback I've ever seen. So, in a, in a sense, if they called and said, "Hey, well, you know, you're one of the three. We really like Baker. It's 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 uh uh you know we like him. Give us Baker Njoku, and in uh, and future one. Like, do you think Cleveland would entertain it? I'm just. It's not clickbaity crap. It's like it's just an interesting thing. Like, would Cleveland ever entertain it? Or do you think they're just completely tied to Baker and they say we're going to ride this thing out no matter what?
2: Yeah, I mean, every team in the NFL, with the exception of Tampa and Kansas City, trying to think if there's anybody else, would have to have the conversation, just has to talk about it, right? Because, um, again, you're talking about the guy who's the MVP of the league. Um, You know, arguably... Uh, you know, one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the league, one of the best, the uh, last you know twenty five years. So I mean, I think every team in the NFL, uh, you know, if that opportunity presented itself, would warrant you know at least a meeting or a conversation. Um, I think the Browns feel really good about the direction uh that they're going. So I I wouldn't anticipate them, you know, getting in- involved if it came to that. But uh, I mean, I, I don't, you know, everybody, everybody is kind of framing this. It seems like um through the 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 lens of Cleveland because you know because of Baker's uh you know is a polarizing you know player in in the media and the national fan you know national fan base scope um it it just it you don't see a lot of Aaron Rodgers to name another destination talk as much I feel like um but uh I I I I think the Browns feel really good about where they are I mean they went 11 and 5 last year and Um, you know, I'm of the opinion that Baker is a chance to be, you know, a top 10 caliber quarterback in time. And if you have a guy like that, um, you've got a chance, but at the same time, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is awesome. So, I mean, you have to, uh, you know, at least have the, the, you know, the, the, the zoom meeting or the conference call or whatever, if, if, you know, green Bay were to call, um, you know, that being said, I, again, I, I think, I think Baker has been a great, um, you know, match for. Uh, the Browns, the team has taken on his personality. I think he's sort of the unequivocal leader uh, of this team going into his fourth season. And um, you know, you gotta be careful not to, um, you know, mess with that momentum too much. And, and again, like that's, you know, I come back to the extension Um, you know, you, you better be careful. I think if you're Cleveland um, because you have a really, you know, chemistry is a delicate balance in the NFL and, and, um, I think you want to keep everything on the train as it, as it's going right now. I will say this: if the if the Browns did make that trade, um, uh, there you can imagine what when Green Bay played Cleveland going forward. You know what kind of um, what, what what I guarantee Baker would save his best for the Browns uh, every year and in, in their matchup going forward the years that they played.
0: It's interesting. It's certainly interesting. And listen, these are a lot of the things people are saying are very similar to when people hypothetically could Odell Beckham be traded to the Browns. It's like they're, they're all arguing why it would never happen and it's a far out outfetched thing. And there is no connection. There isn't even a real discussion here. It's just a would you do it type of scenario. And it's a fun discussion to have. So Jake, you can find all of his work on ESPN. It's fantastic stuff. Uh, he is He is obviously on Twitter. Uh, Make sure I get the Twitter right here for you, my friend. Go Tell them where they can find all your stuff. I should give you that opportunity. Yeah, I'm on
2: Twitter. I'm on ESPN.com. You can find me both
0: places. (laughs) You can find him. He's around. He's one of the best guys up there covering the beat. Jake, thanks for joining us, man. Okay, Jake. Take care, buddy. All right, guys. That's a wrap for tonight. uh, We'll check back in with you next week. I'll have a pod up I think that's going to be pretty fun, pretty enjoyable for everybody that's going to cover a bunch of different players that the Browns drafted and beat writers who covered them. Talk to them about – you know, some of the different angles at which these guys got covered and, and knowing them a little bit more as a person. So appreciate you guys joining us until next time. Go Browns.